Have you ever struggled with when you read the Bible, you don't really know what you're supposed to be looking for or what you're really supposed to hope to get out of Bible reading? One of the things I'm super passionate about and I have been forever is when this book gets open to you, not just like this, but when the words begin to leap off the page, when the Holy Spirit begins to reveal the one to whom the scriptures point, there's nothing more dynamic, nothing serves as a greater accelerator to stir your affections for Jesus and your desire to want to know him, love him, abide in him, and obey him. So if this book feels like a heavy weight to you, if it feels closed, if, if when you read it, you know, you can't, you don't know what you're reading or why you're reading or what you're supposed to get out of it. My hope in this little tiny teaching is to just give you a few tools. And I wanna go on record to say, there are many, many ways to read the Bible. There are many acronyms, many tools, many journals, many styles. So let me just go right here at the front and say, whatever works for you to get into the word and for the word to get into you, do that, period. Turn off the video if you already know how to meet with Jesus in the Word. If you have a structure or a style or a paradigm that works for you, praise God. But if you don't, keep watching because my desired prayer is that this book becomes one of the most exciting things you look forward to every day is to meet with Jesus in the Bible with the Holy Spirit moving, ministering, and opening your heart and mind and life to love him, to hear from him, and then to obey him in real time, in real life. So what's the best way to read the Bible? We have to start with what does the passage say? This may sound so obvious, but the first step of becoming a good reader of the scripture is to begin to read it. Or if you, if you don't love to read, maybe try reading it with an audio Bible. <clears throat> if you're hearing it, <clears throat> pardon me, and reading it, you're like checking two boxes. It's definitely going to get in you with both reading and hearing. So we asked our first question is, what does this passage say? And I wanna say this, after being a Bible reader for uh, 22 years, uh, 23 years, a, a, a consistent Bible reader, right here when I start reading, I immediately begin to speak to the Holy Spirit. Lord, teach me, show me, lead me to the heart of God. Reveal what the scriptures are saying. Reveal your heart in this passage or this chapter or this book or this letter or this gospel. Holy Spirit, you're the one who inspired these authors to write what they've written. So Holy Spirit, would you inspire my heart, my eyes, my mind, my ears, my life to respond to your invitation as you've issued it through your word and by your Holy Spirit. So I can't understore that enough, even if that's all you implement this first day or this first week. Speak to the Holy Spirit the whole time you're reading. What does that mean? What does this mean? What does this reveal about you, etc.? And then ask basic questions. This is basic inductive Bible study learning. What, who's the author? What was the background? that the author was living in and his audience? What is the context that this letter or this gospel or this prophetic warning or this apocalyptic literature? And then what is the genre? You read different parts of the Bible differently. I read the Proverbs, which are wisdom sayings, catchy coffee mug type sayings. I read those different than I read the Apostle Paul's letters, the epistles. 
letters that he's writing to the churches that he's helped plant or that he's fathering and overseeing. And I read letters different than I read the Gospels because it's a narrative, it's story. I read narrative and story different than I read the law in, in Leviticus and Exodus and Deuteronomy. Genre is, is huge and there's beautiful resources about how to read different genres um, and great Bible, uh, comment, not commentaries, but um, what is the word I'm looking for? I'm sorry, I'm blanking here. Study Bibles. These are great introductory levels. They'll tell you, they'll tell you these things like the author, like the background, like the context and the genre. Or if, you, if this makes more sense to you from English class, who, what, when, where, and why. Uh, just begin to become a student. Again, you're talking to the Holy Spirit. What does the passage say? What came before? What comes after? What genre? Who's the author? What's the background context? And if you need more fodder just to get in this first phase of what does it say, ask these basic questions like a reporter, who, what, when, where, and why? Who's writing? Who's, who's he writing to? What's happening in the culture? What's happening in, in the life of Israel? What's happening in the life of the church of Jew and Gentile, young and old, male and female? Where is it happening? What are, what are, what are the major cities? Again, a great study Bible, Bible encyclopedia, Things like the Bible Project or other resources are so helpful to just get through this first phase. What does the passage say? Okay, and again, I can't underscore enough a solid study Bible and the person and work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, teach me and lead me. Start small, but be consistent. And I challenge people either start in the Gospels book of James, the book of 1 John. Just get in the word. A lot of times when you start from the beginning, which I'm uh, obviously I'm so pro the whole book from Genesis to Revelation. But if I'm trying to get someone really into the word, I always wanna start with Jesus. I know all of the scriptures, John 5, 39 through 40, in some way, shape or form, point to him. But get them in the storyline. Get it, get in the storyline and then stay in it until the Lord, the Holy Spirit begins to build that appetite, that longing and that ache for more of God in his word. And while you're reading it, what you're asking the question, what does it say? You're speaking to God the whole time. Lord, I don't get it. Show me, what do you mean? And then one of the great things to interpret uh, or understand what is it saying is to let the Bible interpret itself. So in many Bibles, in the middle section, you'll see cross references. So in Matthew 22, verse two, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet. Lord, where else is this theme of like a wedding banquet happen in the Bible? That's one great way to get your bearings for what is the scripture trying to say. Step number two, how does the passage shape our lives? So we're never just after like the mastery of content or wanting to just be, you know, just to learn that is a noble goal, it's a, it's, a, it's a valuable goal, but it's never about what does it just say. This is a living and active book. The Holy Spirit wants to shape your life, pattern after the scriptures and the one that it points to. So how does the next question is, not just what does it say, but how does it shape my life? There are gonna be things in this book that offend you, that convict you, that correct you, that provoke you, that put you off, that feel heavy, that feel light, 
This is a living and active book. The Holy Spirit ministers and moves when you get into this book and the book begins to get into you and tweak with your life. This is a good thing because all of his promises are yes and amen and all of his ways are good and he wants our life to look like his son, Jesus. This is the father's goal for every one of his sons and daughters. So how does the passage shape our lives? I did not come up with this acronym. It's some missionary organization. I remember reading it years ago, but it is so helpful as I'm thinking about how does this passage shape my life and our life together as the body of Christ. Reflect with spec. If you think it's cheesy, get over your cheese or get some crackers and enjoy it. But this is such a helpful framework. So S-P-E-C-K, I'm reflecting with this acronym. I just write it in my journal, Uh, be, be it physical journal, or a digital journal like in an iPad or something of that nature. So does this passage, as I'm reading it, does it reveal a sin in my life that I need to confess? Let me just give you an example. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 through 10. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that your body should be holy and uh, devoted to him, not to give your life to sexual immorality. Now, if I'm reading that passage and I'm struggling with lust, this is a passage that's saying, Chad, there's an issue in your life where you're struggling with greed or lying or slander or gossip. Whatever passage, there's, this, this thing has incredible bandwidth to touch the entirety of our humanity, human life, and life in the kingdom. Does this passage reveal something in me that does not look like or resemble Jesus Christ? Does it, does it, does it reflect and is it in agreement and continuity with God's character and God's kindness and God's word and God's will? If it doesn't, then this past, as I'm reading, I'm gonna be confessing a sin that if I'm reading, it's revealing something in me that's not supposed to be there. Lord, I confess that to you. Would you, would you cleanse me? That's one way to, to allow the passage to shape your life, a sin to confess. Number two, a promise to claim. Classic promise, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, instead of giving your life to worry and what you'll eat or drink or your body, what you will wear. If I'll seek his kingdom first, his, his, his character and his concerns, that's, what I, that's how I summarize kingdom and righteousness. All these things will be given to you as well. Lord, if I put your, if I value what you value first and most, you will take care of a million lesser things that I worry about and that I could get bogged down with. So this is a promise to claim. There are thousands of promises and principles in the scripture that are ours to build a life on and promises to claim. Send to confess, promise to claim. Number three, an example to follow. Let's just pick Acts chapter 16. This is all just off the cuff. This is, say you're reading Paul and Silas, they're in the prison in Acts chapter 16 in Philippi. And instead of mumbling and complaining that following Jesus got them in prison, these guys are singing and shouting the wonders of God. They're declaring God's goodness. They're singing hymns and praying when they're in one of the lowest moments you and I could imagine. This would represent an example to follow. So if I'm writing in a journal, I'm like, man, Lord, when I face hardships, let me be like Paul and Silas. Let me worship and praise instead of uh, complain and, and look in. Let me look out and up to you and your goodness and glory. That's an example to follow. Is there a command to obey? Bunch of commands in the Bible. Uh, let's just go, which one should I pick? I already kind of talked about holiness, but uh, which is a, definitely a command. First Peter chapter 1, 14 through 19. Be holy as I am holy. 
this is point blank. If God's commanding us to do something, I don't have to guess what to do with it. I'm going to obey it by the Spirit's help. So as he commands this, if, if you're reading a passage, a command, give to the one who asks you, Matthew chapter five, do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Lord, I will obey, help me, Holy Spirit, to obey this command, to be generous and hospitable to others when they need something that I have. And then number, number five, the K is their knowledge to gain. So if it doesn't reveal a sin to confess, a promise to claim, an example to follow, a command to obey, well then it's knowledge to gain. You're, you can store away that principle of how God's, God's kingdom works, what life looks like with Christ reigning and ruling at the center of, of our hearts and lives. It's knowledge to gain. This is good. We're learning constantly from Jesus who is both our teacher and the curriculum itself. He is the way, the truth, and the life that we're meant to pattern our lives after. So it's just a simple way to reflect with that acronym SPEC. And then lastly, how can I share and show this passage to others? We have to understand about the Bible is it is the scriptures are a springboard into participation in the story of God. God is still writing his redemptive storyline and he's using you and me to write it. So when I read, it's never just for me. It is for me. It is for my marriage, for my kids, my family, my, my household, my roommates. But I always wanna ask the question, Lord, who can, how can I share this passage or show your love and goodness with other people? Again, throughout this whole process, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. I'm talking to the Father. God, show me. What does it say? Reveal if there's any hidden ways in, I'm always talking to God. What does it say? How does it shape? And who, who or how can I share and sow this passage with to other people? What does it say? Speak to the Spirit. How does it shape? Reflect with spec. How can I show or share this passage with others? I'm telling you right there, if you just screenshot that, this will, if you just apply even one of these and you begin to add these elements in your Bible time, it has the potential to really revolutionize your life. And I just cannot underscore the importance of point number one. Talk to God the whole time the book is opened. Many of us, we just think this is an encyclopedia with neat facts. No, this is an invitation into God's own life by the Holy Spirit. Show me. What does it say? How does it shape? And how can I show or share this passage with other people? That's a simple 15-minute teaching. Apply it to your life. Grab a journal and just ask. This is what it Say, shape, show, share. Say, shape, show, share. And I hope this has been helpful to you. If it's been helpful to you, maybe share it with another person. And more than anything, put it into practice today or tomorrow when you wake up in the morning or at your lunch break. But this is a simple tool to help the Bible open up to you and for you to open up to God's invitation to become someone who participates in his unfolding story. Bless you guys.